we are on <laughs> perfect perfect what up youtube um this is the first episode of the Goodnight Harlem podcast where we are recording this live. And so we're going to be doing a lot more of this on a weekly basis. Uh, we are your hosts. I am Law. I'm Avia, a.k.a. Avi Gats. Oh, God. And, <laughs> and our, our, our goal and our job moving forward is to be able to have really candid conversations about anything that trends on Black Twitter or any news that we feel like fits the bill of things that are topical. And we want to cover a gambit of things. We want to talk about relationships. We want to talk about uh, Instagram models. We want to talk about guys who do terrible things. We want to talk about politics, blah, 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 blah. So we're going to cover a gambit of things. But on today's episode, we are really, 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 really focused on the red pill community. Our goal is to like dive into red pill versus blue pill. And then we also want to talk about some of the key players in that, as well as the dynamics between modern women versus modern men and some of the terminology that's used throughout all of this. We want to have a very candid conversation about this stuff because I know a lot of these things have been like really bubbling up over the past like three, four months or so, or, or basically throughout all of 2020. So this gives us an opportunity to, to have the conversation and Avia, feel free to jump in and like well you know i will that. um yeah but i want to start this with defining what the red pill community is and avia let me know if you feel any kind of way like i said throughout this because i want this to be like more of a conversation and feel free to like subscribe once you guys get involved so let's start with the red pill so defining what the red pill is essentially if you think back to the the old matrix movie from 1999 with lawrence fishburgh and Keanu Reeves, uh, Lawrence Fishburne as the character Morpheus gave Keanu Reeves the choice of taking a blue pill where the story ends and you wake up in your own bed and believe whatever it is you want to believe, or you take the red pill and you stay in this quote wonderland and he'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And by saying that, the red pill community in itself is really the, at, at its core uh, about being unplugged from your upbringing, being raised to kind of defer to the feminine and taking the feminine and putting it on a pedestal. It's talking through the intersexual dynamics, raised to, we're all raised as men to like, you know, the, the core things that you should be raised around, like never hit a woman and, you know, try to be as courteous as you can to women and et cetera. But some of the other things around that that have changed over time and that we haven't adjusted for um, is what the red pill community teams that seems to dive into more. Um, and it's being able to have an open space for men to kind of talk about those things. Um, because the more over time that some of these men have, you know, felt like they've deferred to women, um, it has created certain situations when they're in their 20s or early 30s, where they've either gotten traumatized and that trauma has led them to a, a space where it challenges all the things that they've been raised around. And once that, that, that initial challenge takes place, all it takes is that little bitty thing to like set everything off. And from there, as an older adult, you start to formulate different views. And when you share your views with other people, they tend to go, okay, you're demeaning women or blah, blah, blah. But once you create safe spaces for those men to have those conversations, it becomes uncomfortable for certain people to see those conversations, whether they're uh, 
on a YouTube channel or on a community board, et cetera. And where I wanna go and take this to is what happens once you create that space? Things that come out of this are like the manosphere and the manosphere is simply like a multitude of voices that are you know, fostered in those kind of male complaints and around some of those situations that happen as a man. And I think you can, you can also attribute some of this to society at large not necessarily giving men the space or feeling comfortable with men sharing their emotions. Now, you could easily say men are the reason why these things are set up the way they're set up. But you can also understand that a lot of society on the other side of this, whether you're talking about men or women, have made it such that when men talk about their own issues, it's kind of viewed as, Meh, deal with it. Um, it should be. Oh, yeah, and we can get into that, though. We can get into that. But the other part of this is get into like some of the terms that are used by these guys. And so essentially, you you hear terms like high value. And everybody <laughs> has their own kind of views on this stuff. But these things have been around for years. And when you think about a high value man, it's men that make more than like 10,000 a month. Um, men that have high value friends and a high value network of people. Um, you have to be useful to others and others have to be able to use you. And these guys are willing to fail whenever. They're also willing to take action whenever and they're also always ever evolving and adaptable. But they're also people who and understand the value of time and what that means. And so when you when you hear somebody talk about a high value man it's those guys that have all of those factors together the 10,000 a month at bare minimum and then having high value friends and a high value network of people as well as being useful to others and then all these other factors but so, i think the term high value is very um it's you know there's not one definition of it when you say high value friends what are you saying so think about this. It's subjective. If, no, 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 no. Okay, think well, break it, break it down for the people. Break it down for the people so they know what high value friends I, are. Yeah, I don't think that that part is subjective. Okay. So like, if you and your friends are all high value, then you can actually rely on, rely on one another and you can technically use one another to prop the other up. Okay. But like there is a resource connected to that. Mm -hmm. You cannot actually be a high value man if you don't yourself possess resources to be useful to others okay yeah that makes sense that's a that's a hard thing to get to though as a man like i did as a woman as well but like even as a man i'm saying like that's a hard thing to achieve um the other side of this is modern women versus modern men and all that means is like today's era of said sex and gender roles and where we all fall into that and the the, the modern women in these day in this day and age takes on the role a lot of times of being able to like adjust from having a college degree to having a full-fledged career and there should be nothing wrong with that nobody should view that as wrong bad or anything and indifferent but where does the modern man's position play into that and knowing that she has those roles that creates kind of this conversation that's happening out of the red pill community. Um, and then you get into some of the other terminology, which is funny to say the least. An alpha male, for instance, that's somebody who's socially dominant, somebody who displays high value or traits that are sexually attractive to women. Um, 
Now, these terms are being used, and I'm just being honest with you. These are like blanketed things. That doesn't mean I necessarily agree with it, but it's how these things are talked about. And then somebody that's uh, more of a beta male, that's somebody who has ideas that are closely related to uh, being submissive to women. Um, and I don't have any issue with any of this, but it's just way, the way people label them. Um, and then there's, of course, the, the whole sexual market value, a, aka SMV. The sexual market value is essentially a shorthand statement for what you bring to the table, whether for one night stand or a longer relationship. How do men perceive you and how do women perceive you when you're on the sexual marketplace? And that in itself is different. Sexual marketplace just sounds like you're just selling yourself. But the, the reality <laughs> of it is though, what women value sexually versus men is different. And inherently that conversation is not had enough. And I think what the Red Pill community does is have that conversation outright in a way that I think would make most women very, very uncomfortable. Because then it gets into that whole ranking system thing. And when you talk about the ranking system in general, like where do you land on the, the ranking system from a zero to a five to a 10? And that makes conversations even harder because women would be like, well, you cannot put my, put my value on my beauty. You are not allowed to like do that. But you also can't tell a man how to think. Do you know what I mean? Like you can you tell can't them- can't tell anyone how to think. Everything's subjective. Right. right. And so that's what makes these things all convoluted. Because on one end, you're like, well, society has shifted to this and you shouldn't be basing anything on this, but you can't tell anybody how to look at the other sex or the other person for that matter. Um, and I think that's where I wanna drive into the other parts of the conversation. Um, when we talk about modern relationships and the difference between men and women and what their expectations are for modern relationships, do you think women have unrealistic expectations? And do you think guys have unrealistic expectations in a modern relationship? It's hard to say, no, because I feel like women are not a monolith and neither are men. So for me to say women have unrealistic expectations, what would those expectations be? And then on top of that, a woman could expect her man to have a good job and help her with the chores and help her with the kids. And some men may feel like that's unrealistic, but how unrealistic is it if you're trying to have a 50-50 partnership? You know what I'm saying? So I think that to say that someone has unrealistic expectations. Well, let, let's be anecdotal about it then. So okay. your own experiences with modern men, do you feel like some of the expectations that they've had for you when dating has been unrealistic at all? I've come across a lot of men that want women to play a role of chasing after them. And in Get that, involved. please provide some color. Around. In that aspect, please. I feel like that's pretty unrealistic because society has actually taught women that the man should chase you. So it kind of works against things. But when you talk about this high value man who knows He's high value. And I really, really hate the term high value. I really like loathe it because I just feel like with the term, it's almost as if there's expectations surrounding it. 
like, oh, if you label somebody as high value, it's like, well, you should expect that they might cheat on you because they have all these resources. You should expect that they're not going to fulfill your expectations because they don't have to. You know what I'm saying? So when I hear high value, I almost look at it as a negative as opposed to a positive because from all the content that I've seen surrounding high value men, there has been this additional context of high value men should be allowed to cheat and high or exercise options as they want to call it because they don't want to list it as cheating, but, or high value men um, should be able to do what they want to do. Or a woman shouldn't argue with a high value man because he doesn't even have to be there, you know? And it's almost as if, if, if a man is high value, he doesn't have to do things that are fundamentally important to make the relationship successful. And there's this idea that that's okay because of that. You know what I'm saying? So- I hear you. So, um, I, would so challenge, I would challenge that on the other side, but continue. So to your question of like um, the unrealistic expectations, I feel like I've come across, not all men, but I've come across a lot of men who want the woman to initiate things. And whether that be dates, whether that be, you know, keeping in contact, it's almost like the woman, like, a there's a role reversal. percentage of men you feel like have done that? I'm like, sorry? Give me a percentage of men you feel like have done that. I don't think the majority of men that I've come across have done that. I feel like it's probably like a 35%, maybe 40. No, so, give so or take. Still not the majority. So not the majority, not, but enough right. for me to notice that there's a subsection of men who just want to do the bare minimum and expect the woman to be okay with that. And when I say when I say bare minimum, I mean like. Mm. Put, put in just the right amount of effort to make the woman think that they are interested and that they should proceed, but just enough to keep her going, but not enough to make a substantial progression in the situation, if that makes sense. So in your eyes, if a man is expecting a woman to pursue him, he is thereby doing the bare minimum of his expectation is that he should pursue, pursue, right? I think he's doing the expectation if he's not willing to reciprocate the energy. And so when I say, um, I'm not saying that, that men should always be the initiators. All I'm saying is that there should be a reciprocal exchange of interest and energy. And sometimes I feel like men can do, some men, can do the bare minimum and still expect the most out of the situation to come. Because if you're not gonna do it, some other woman's gonna do it. Wait, do you not think women do, in reverse are the same? I'm not even talking about women. I'm talking I'm just, about no, my I'm own asking, experience. But I'm asking, like, do you not feel like women in reverse are the same? I feel like there's probably women that do the same thing. Of course, of course, most definitely. But I, I think that that's part of the problem is that we're doing it to each other, you know? So it, you know, so it's like, how far are we really gonna go if we're expecting that person to put more in than what we're willing to put in? If you get two people together that wanna be with each other and mm -hmm. A, person A is expecting male B to put in more work and male B is expecting person girl A to put in more work, they're both gonna be falling short of their expectations. 
And they're both going to be feeling like, well, you're not doing okay. what I need. So move on to the next, because I'm going to find someone who's going who's, who's gonna to overcompensate wanna, for what you've done. In. I want to jump in. And because when we're talking about expectations, I think even starting from high school on, I've seen a huge shift in the way women talk about guys in general, just mm-hmm. from, from high school on. So in high school, there are girls saying, I won't date somebody who's my own age because he's not mature enough as a starting point, right? Mm-hmm. They're already looking for guys who are, if, if they were in some kind of relationship with them, it'd be statutory, right? Some right. weird, weird stuff to be doing, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. 14, 15, you're seeking somebody 18, 19, 20, you're already like doing the wrong thing, but that's a starting point. Right. And then on top of that, it is, not only are they not mature enough, but then um, mm, I need a guy that has stuff. Well, these guys are 14, 15, 16, 17. What is he going to have? If his parents don't have it, then he doesn't have it. So then, all right, you're already setting yourself up to have expectations that are not realistic in itself there. These are, the, again, things that I'm seeing, right? And then there's a set of women in specifically still staying in the high school ranking before we get to college. They wanted to date back then. This is, this is a long ass time ago, clearly. They wanted to date like either the athlete or they wanted to date the pretty boy. Like think about the pretty boy as being genuine, I don't know, B2K, whoever, whoever you can think of. It's like one of those two. Yep. And realistically, how many of those guys exist? And how many of those guys exist? The athletes and the pretty boy. Like how many? Five percent. Five percent, if that. And two, yet, three, two percent. Okay. So once you start to funnel all these things in, the immaturity, like you need to be older, to down down to like the athlete to pretty boy. How many guys are then in that select few that even fit the bill of that? So as a younger guy, if you don't fit any of those bills. What are women telling you then at that young age? Step your game up, bruh. You, you, you're taking away from that step your game up. I don't know. I mean, because not everyone looks like genuine, right? So you can only do so much to your appearance to appear a certain way. So by default, a lot of men are not even going to be in the running for the rest of their lives to these types of women. So, okay, imagine, and this is all fairy tales and dust because they're like teenagers. Now you, you extrapolate that to them getting to college. Now you're in college and now the mindset has shifted a little bit more. It's a little bit broader, a little less on just jock and like pretty boy, but still you got to have a certain level of swagger. You have to like still be able to take me on dates. Da, da, da. And at this age, most guys can't do all those things because he still doesn't have anything, right? Right. Like in, the, in the initial age, if your parents don't have it, you don't have it. And at this age, you still don't have it. So how can he fit in those bills as well? So these women, again, are reinforcing certain things that just aren't realistic expectations. Like, I need to be able to go on a date every week. That's a hard line. Now, mind you, I'm in, before, before I even get to college, me and somebody that I'm, I was seeing before I got to college, she made it very clear, one of her expectations, which was just going to be unrealistic for me, we were, we were long distance at the time. We were going to be like an hour and a half, two hours away from each other. Her expectation was that we would have seen each other at least twice a week. That's her starting point. I can't do that because I need to work on the weekend to make sure that I can pay for school. Not only that, but she wants to be able to go on a date at least once or twice a week. I can't do that either because, again, I need to be paying for school. So if you can't meet me in the middle, then how is this going to work? 
And at that point, I'm like, okay, clearly I'm not going to be able to date during college. Cause if this is how it's going to be, I can't, I can't manage your expectations with my reality. So we split. I was like, this isn't going to work. And I can see how that reality probably mirrors a lot of other guys' reality. And it's sad because I don't think women on the other side know that that's what guys are going through. It's they I'm, genuinely don't. You make a good point. I mean, I, I think I do think that when you're younger, the idea of what a relationship is is super skewed. Like what you think is supposed to be, it's almost like you're 19 and you're getting maybe your first job and you're expected to blow half your paycheck on a date. And it's it's like, okay, well, how many times can I do this? Because I only get paid, you know, like $6 an hour. I don't know how much people get paid when they're 19, but it's like- and At the time, at the well, time you, I, happened, but, I was making but, like $7 an hour. Like what-, well, what am I but, you know, and when you're a, when you're 18 year old woman, you, you know, you want to do all these fun things and like have what you think a relationship is. And if it doesn't meet that, then you're like, well, what's going wrong? Um, there is a certain expectation. I think I think part of the problem is back to your question of like, you know, these expectations. I don't think that there's enough conversation around what each party expects. And so when they're dealing with somebody, when they're in a situationship or relationship, there's assumptions of what should be, be had and what should be done. And when that person falls short, it's like, you're not fulfilling me and it becomes a problem, but there's, there's not a lot of conversations about what's expected in the first place so that that person doesn't even have a, a situation where they're set up for failure. And you know what I've come to realize even in my own situations is not having the conversation about what you expect in the level of the relationship that you're in is a setup for failure for, for both parties in the end, you know? And so, and I don't think that a lot of people think to have these conversations because they may expect that person to just know. It's, it's And sometimes we, we attach age and experience to just knowing, right? Like, oh, you're 38 years old. You should know how to have a relationship. I shouldn't have to tell you. Yes. Or, oh, you've had five relationships before me. So you should know how to treat me in our relationship, even though I'm nothing like your past girlfriends. Right. So it's like, that's where we kind of fall short in assigning these um, ideas that someone should know something because of something and let me tell you the biggest lie in the world is that age means something because i have learned it doesn't matter how old you are you don't know what that person knows you don't know what they've experienced you don't even know if they have the same emotional intelligence as you to know how to navigate situations when they arise yeah and and, and age will not tell you if they have that you know what i'm saying so I think that that's the biggest part of the problem, not like who, who's, whose expectations are unrealistic, but more of, is it realistic to jump into a relationship without discussing expectations on both sides? I, but is it realistic to, to expect, a, is it realistic to expect a, a successful relationship when you've never discussed expectations? I, I can agree with that, especially in the upfront process. I think my focus is on like 
how something like the red pill community would even get started right like and how would they get started how would they get started the reason why something like that would even exist is because when as a guy the things that I've, I've already outlined from high school to college are happening and then when you get into the actual world like outside of college and then there's still some of the same glaring big gaping holes that you're seeing in terms of what the expectations are for you as a guy especially when it comes to dating and i've not even i've not even added the the biggest layer onto all of this social media which changes everything by and large right yeah the expectation goes even crazier because now you have so many options like if you live in a major city as a woman I think you have so many options wait wait if you live in a major city as a woman you have things at your disposal the same way I do, right? Like you have things at your fingertips like dating apps that can show you how many people are even interested in having a shot, right? Easily. Or you have your own social media where somebody could be DMing you or whatever, depending on what you put out there and like what you're showing. So with all of these different options, now we all know, and you don't even have to play dumb about this. I don't have to play dumb about this. As a woman, there is a higher probability that somebody will slide into your DMs in general, just on a general South social platform. There's a higher probability that somebody will try to attach themselves via like a Tinder or a swipe or whatever, because men in general are more open and willing to do that in a social platform mm-hmm. than even women are, unless yeah. the guy's a celebrity. If the guy's a celebrity, then that's a whole different thing. Oh, they still be doing it. how does sweetie and quavo get together come on (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you icy girl i'm a glacier boy like come on we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to (laughs) the the point that i was making though is those expectations once you're outside of like you know high school college it's not like it just ends so when you're 20s guys are learning even harsher lessons about the reality of what they were taught when they were younger, which is the whole idea of unplugging from and unlearning all the bullshit that you were taught when you were younger. I'll give you a prime example. If you think about the idea of courting, what what are we courting towards if you and I aren't in alignment on what that looks like? You know what I mean? Like if you're dating multiple other people, trying to figure out what you like, and I'm just trying to date you, but you're, you have all these other things you're balancing, which I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. What exactly is the court, courtship happening there? It's not what we've grown to like imagine all this stuff is supposed to be like. And then on top of that, I think the experiences that guys have that I think women probably don't get to see as much of, and these things aren't shown on TV, they're not shown in movies that way. It is the true failures that happen when you as a guy put yourself out there, which is why so many guys now don't don't put themselves out there. They don't walk up to women in a club. They don't do the bar thing as much percentage-wise as they used to because they know the level of rejection you're going to receive from doing that is not worth it when I can just go swipe, 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 swipe. So one of the things that I've always talked about is when you go and you put yourself out there to a woman and she does engage and then she does give you a number, that does not mean that she's ever going to talk to you, right? That's the start. So then if she does talk to you, that does not mean that she's going to show up on the date. And so every single one of these things- That doesn't even mean that she likes you. If she shows shows up on the date, that could just mean she was hungry. 
and she didn't feel like making herself dinner that night. That. Unfortunately, for some already, people, you already knew where I was going. Before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once, once as a guy, you've been burned multiple times. It goes into what I was talking about at the very beginning of this with the whole red pill idea of you being traumatized. If you get traumatized so many times, then you just go, "The this is not a level playing field, and why should I care anymore?" Why should I be trying to follow any of these rules around how men are supposed to behave and blah, 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 when women aren't behaving the way that I've been told they were going to behave, right? And so then you start to unplug all that and then you create the alternate universe of all this stuff where people start feeling like, all right, let's play this game then because that's what you're doing. You're playing a game. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying this is what I'm seeing when there are all these expectations are being kind of put out there and you're still expecting guys to like fall in line with it. Let me ask you this. I yeah. can see how as a man, if you're following the general expectations of what men do, you yeah. know, whatever that is when it comes to courting, dating, attracting women and um, locking it down with them. Mm -hmm. I can understand how men feel and excuse the noise in the background, how men feel burnt out by following what they felt like was the right way to go and not getting the results in the end. And so when the red pill conversation comes into play, where a lot of these men are like, well, I did this and I did this and she still left me. Um, do you feel like to a certain extent, the, the red pill theory or, or the, the red pill lifestyle for men where they're doing maybe the opposite of what they've been taught to see if that actually works better and kind of switching the game up to take a little bit more control within, within their dating life. Do you feel like at some point it could be detrimental to them? Because everything can't be a hundred percent success rate. So what, what are your thoughts on, I don't think that is there a negative side to, to being a red pill man, I should say. I, well, before I even get there, I don't think that the expectation is that things are going to 100% work out the way that's supposed to. I think it's the recognition that things are not the way that we were taught they would be. And so once, once you have to undetach yourself and unlearn all those things, now you have to figure out a different way to play within these, this new, this new modern way that we're dating. And I don't think that there's any book that outlines this in a proper way. I don't think that your parent, my dad can't possibly tell me how to date now. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, he doesn't he, even know what that world's like. He, he does not know. My uncle can't do that. So all of these things, I view it as, think about if you were an immigrant from another country, this is first generation dating because it hasn't had to happen in the way that it's happening until now. So everything that I'm learning, I can pass down to my son and thereafter. And that that's how that that's that's the point in that now in terms of the the dating aspect of this and like whether or not the game playing i don't i'm not speaking on behalf of the red pill and i don't want to be speaking on okay all right I, I just want you to i want to acknowledge that the reason why these things exist is xyz that's really what i'm trying to do but no. it, do i think playing games in general if you're trying to fight fire with fire is bad, depends on what game you're playing. It depends. Because if I know the most attractive possible woman that I could get in front of myself, uh, 
needs to be addressed this way, that way, and this way. And these are the things that she's going to expect. If I outline all of these factors and align myself with that, and then somebody else gives me this kind of advice to like do this, I'm playing a game. Oh yeah, it's strategy. And am I, is that wrong? No, no, because I, I'm, I'm of the mindset that people are going to put themselves in the best possible position to get whatever it is that they want. That's just it. I mean, period. I was just asking that question because like I recently just saw a video on the three things. I didn't even get to the third thing, to be honest, but I really recently just saw a video on the three things red pill men understand that beta men don't understand. And one of the things was um, a red pill man understands that if he loses his swagger, his, um, his job, his, you know, his basically, the, you know, like his style and, you know, what he brings to the table, like financially, his woman's going to leave. Beta men don't understand this. And the second thing that he said was, the red pill man understands that women will cheat more than the man. And I honestly, I couldn't even like listen to the rest because I was just like, this is a lot. This is a lot of BS right here. Because <laughs> I'm not saying men cheat more, but to just say flat out, a red pill man understands women are going to cheat more. And I'm just like, what? Where is this coming from? And so, and, you know, a lot of men say, oh, women cheat more, but no one knows because they just know how to cheat better. And, you know, like they, they create all these ideas about women i'm not even gonna get into the conversation about who cheats more i think it's stupid yeah. Yeah. but the comment section of this video was like damn y'all are sad and it was just like red pills life and some men were like yeah you know i lost my job my wife left me everything he said is true and yeah, you know, my girl cheated on me with my best friend, what he said was true. And so when I look at this video and I look at the comments, and I get it, this is one out of a trillion videos on YouTube about red, red pill men. I'm wondering what, uh, what it all means. And I, and I get the fundamental definition that you laid out, but then I watched this and I'm just like, it almost, the red pill community almost sounds like a group of scorned men who now want to just flip the scripts in a way where they don't care about the woman. They only care about what they can get out of this situation now because they've been scorned. And it's like, this happened to me, so now I'm gonna act like this. And so that's why I, I was asking you, do you feel like the idea of this is detrimental when it comes to relationships? Because I, I see there's a, a, there's a group of red pill men that have like this animosity towards women now and they know they want a woman so they have to they have to act a certain way to get one but they still have like this this uh residual hurt that or they just want to like yeah resentment. resentment i it's that doesn't sound positive to me unfortunately i like the fact that you said that because that's how i viewed Derek jackson's entire audience oh, women get and into it get into story. it I think that's a perfect segue. Get into it. The same way you felt about watching that content is the same way I felt about watching Derek Jackson's channel. Most men felt the same way as you. Like uh, the the level of 
uh, gasping I would do watching any video that he posts is if women have no agency or responsibility and anything that happens is like absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, bro, you gotta stop making this stuff. Like he's saying everything women want to hear but he's not realizing that the more he does that how damaging that is to these women who are following his words. Because on the flip side, they have to deal in reality. They don't have to deal in the falsehoods that he's pushing. And so the same way you can feel like that guy who was a red pill content creator is spewing out generalities and just BSing is the same exact way that I felt on the other side about Derek Jackson. Yet I did not hear you, nor did I hear any other woman really truthfully outright challenging, whether it's in content or on their own social platforms, the messages and the messaging of somebody like a Derek Jackson. Wait, you didn't hear me challenging. Wait, wait. What I mean by that specifically is saying the same things you're saying right now about how that made you feel like I can't even listen to this BS. This I've never, I've never never heard. What I'm saying is I've not heard women as a collective and speak against that. And I'm like, I've felt the same way you did. And I'm like, this is some. I mean, I've never openly spoken spoken out about red pill men. You know, Um, the first time I even heard the term was actually on Clubhouse, and I had to look it up. And I was just like, huh? And I was like, I didn't even know that this was like a term. Like this is like a thing. You know, this is clearly a community that has like transpired without me knowing. So the Derek Jackson thing, I've never openly spoken out about that because I don't really pay attention to him like that. And the most I ever paid attention to him was last week when he had days and days of scandal and every day was something different and he did everything to make it worse. And so I totally agree with you when it comes to the Derek Jackson thing. It is on that level of this is the fundamental thing and this is the way it is. So ladies you know just putting the onus on the man and that's part of the reason why i just never i never subscribed literally to him i've seen his videos i did never followed him on instagram he was not someone that i look up to when i'm like damn i need some advice let me go to his page oh he's speaking to my situation yeah that man ain't shit like it was it was never that for me so I didn't feel the need to like openly say anything about him because I didn't give him that sort of attention in my own world enough to even say anything. And for but, those of you who don't know who Derek Jackson is, um, <laughs> he is a YouTube, uh, Instagram, and uh, in general social media influencer that just so happens to speak about situational things that happen in relationships that could go one way or the other. and nine times out of 10, his point of view is that the woman could have did better, as in why is she even with him, or the guys in general are trash, and women, you don't have to stand for any of this, and I'm like, way to go. Wait a minute, you were, you were super nice about, about your definition of who he was. You were, you were super nice. If you don't know who Derek Jackson is by now, you are officially under a rock. And some may call him a relationship expert or an influencer, but Derek Jackson was literally a man giving advice to women about how he acts as a man and what to watch out for. And that's what was uncovered 
last week in his scandal, that the whole time he was bashing men, he was actually talking about himself. He was warning us against him the whole time. The gag is, you are the men that you are speaking of. What? That's why you know so much about it. And so while he was throwing men under the bus within his own advice, and I can understand why men did not like him because it's like, you're really gonna put everything on us? Like we are always the problem? While he was being this, this saint to women and throwing the whole male race under the bus for every problem in any relationship that a woman's had, he was going through his own transgressions, married with multiple side chicks and was pretty much the worst person to give advice. So I understand any man's sentiment towards Derek Jackson. I don't, I, I agree with you when it comes, and that's the thing, honestly, when it comes to relationships, because I'm very much aware that it takes two for everything, Right. Anyone who calls themselves an influencer, an expert, uh, whatever title they want to give themselves or portray themselves as on social media. It's a little bit odd for me when everything that they say in regards to advice is focused on one gender. So the same way that you view Derek Jackson is the same way I view Kevin Samuels. Because in Kevin Samuels' position, the problem that I have with him is the same problem that men have with Derek Jackson. The focus is what women should be doing. The focus is what, what this one gender is doing wrong and what they need to do to make it right, not acknowledging that it takes two to tango and it takes two to mess things up. Um. I don't agree with you on. Well, not mess things up. No, no, no. I don't. It can take one person to mess things up, but. No, I don't agree with you that Kevin Samuels only talks to women. That's not true. He spent almost what two, three years talking to just men, and then you can you can look any of that stuff up. And the way he talks to men is the same way he talks to women. He still occasionally talks to men. The difference is his channel start booming when he when he start talking to women the same way he was talking to men. Literally, you can go look the way he talks to men you would why do you think that is you would you would think you would think that the 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 reaction from men would be i hate him for the way that he talked to them but it's not it's normally like a couple of weeks later you'll see the same guy be like you know what i took your advice you were right what kind of advice was he giving men like for instance one of the guys that called in was i want to say 25 26 and Kevin asked him a couple of questions that, you know, he would ask any woman. He would say, hey, how tall are you? The guy says he's five foot six. Then he goes, well, how much do you weigh? The guy said like 225. He goes, you're overweight. He's like, why? How, you can't be short and overweight. What are you doing? For the, the, out the gate, this is what he first said to him. Then he goes, okay, what about job? He's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you know, I've been on and off with jobs. You know, he's like, I have like blue collar jobs, but Kevin goes, well, how much money do you make? He goes, well, 30,000. He was like, how much were we making when you're 21? He was like, you know, 29,000. He's like, so you've made a thousand dollar difference between those two ages. He's like, what are you doing? 
why don't you have another job on the side? Why aren't you adding more to yourself? And he's like, okay, so let's start. Let's go back to the weight thing really quick. Why are you not working out? He goes, well, I work out. He's like, no, but you don't do it enough. Why not? You're fat. Like you need to do something about it. And then from the job thing, he's like, you can't just have that one job and be okay. But then he's just like, well, I got hurt by a woman. So he's like, like basically blaming women for the position that he's in. And the Kevin's like, no, this is you. Nobody's going to feel bad for you. You need to grow up. And of course the guy's like, well, I don't need to grow up. She needs to grow up. He's like, what does she, she you think she's thinking about you? <laughs> and of course the guy's just like, I feel like you're being rude about that. Cause he's like, that was something that was sentimental. He's like, okay, well, if you don't snap out of this you'll just go down a downward spiral. So he's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? That's how he's talking to men. Why do you think his channel boomed when he started doing the same thing to women? I think several reasons. One, there is a rarity when somebody that's black specifically, a black man, is speaking to a black woman in a way that is straightforward, direct, and doesn't do the quote, as the red pill community would say, the beta male thing where he tries to find the proper language around something and massages it to make it sound well. That's my starting point. I think the other side of it is, and this is just my own POV, when it comes down to like expectations versus reality, when somebody's telling a group of people that already know the answer, what the reality is, and then the other group gets to see what that reality is, and they're, they're, they're having a hard time adjusting to it, I already know there's gonna be an explosion. Cause I don't think any guy would see that initial clip that went OD viral with the, the what, what, did, what did he say to her? You're moderated or average at best or whatever that video was. Mm. I don't think- Called her a four or something like that when he was rating her? Call her a five. Oh, right? okay. Like he said she was average at best. Like, I don't think any guy sees that and a hundred percent goes, Hmm. I don't see what he means at all there. But I think a lot of guys would go, I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have said it that way. And that's just not something I would want to tell a woman, blah, 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 blah. That's more so the reality of it. But what he's saying, I don't think the majority of men would disagree. And that's where I'm like, women on the other side of that, hearing that are like, nah, he shouldn't be talking to you like that. That's crazy that he would even, like, he can't determine how you look. Da, 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 da. And the reality of those two things colliding in real world and then the comments under that, it's bigger than Kevin Samuels at that point. It's no longer about him. It's no longer about his opinion. It's like, he, all he did was be the vessel to the conversation. And then it explodes because it, it wasn't happening. Those conversations weren't happening enough. Yeah, because you have the Derek Jacksons that will say the men are at fault, right? So now you have someone who's saying the opposite. Hey, you as a woman are at fault because you're overweight and you're expecting a high value man who makes uh, six figures with no kids to marry you and you have two, you know? Yeah, I, I think what I think what, what, what Kevin Samuels does versus what Derek Jackson does is too, like, it is night and day because- in your mind, he's just only speaking to women. And I'm like, that's not true. Because the way that he talks to men about the, there's men that go around like, I only want to date somebody that looks like an IG model. And he's very quick to be like, well, how do you look? What do you bring to the table to like get that? And he's going to say, 
your looks won't matter as much if you're able to acquiesce this level of power, these levels of resources and be this kind of person. The proof isn't put in that across the board. He's like, but you're not there. You can't be, you can't be that. And can you actually like be the person to sustain what that relationship with that kind of person would be like? That person may want to eat a filet mignon dinner every night. Can you provide that to them? And the truth is no. So he's like, well, why do you want that? And then he tries to get to the core of why that person's interested in that thing. And he's like, you need to be with somebody average. I, I, I get what you're saying. And, you know, I'm not a fan of Kevin Samuels by any stretch of the imagination. Um, while saying that, I can also say some of the things he says are true when it comes to advice and expectations. But across the board, I think that it's interesting to me that his channel boomed when now he's downplaying women and dogging women. Now I'm saying dogging because I'm saying like, to sit here and call somebody a five as, as if it's fat. And, and the way that he goes about rating people as if it's universal fact that he's saying you are a five. When this is the man that thinks Beyonce is an eight, and I will tell you across the board, a lot of men don't agree with him on that, right? So based off of what I know and what I've heard men to say about Beyonce. So the, the things that I don't like about him are the way that he says things as if, it's, as if it's fact, right? The same thing I didn't like about Derek Jackson, as if the man is the problem, that is a fact, you know? So the reason why I asked why his channel started booming when he started rating women and telling them you're not gonna get here because of where you are and what you do and how you look is because I think as a society, we have it ingrained in us that it is okay to do this to women, seriously. Why would he have these videos with men doing the same exact thing all of a sudden when, when the, the main point of the video is surrounding a woman's looks, surrounding what she does, what her expectations are, it becomes all of a sudden, everyone wants to pay attention. Because at the end of the day- They were already paying attention to this channel before that. Women start paying attention to this channel because of those videos he's doing with women. I mean, do we know the percentage of men and women that watch his channel? Yeah, it was still more men to women. And then now, in the past, what, since December, it's been a major shift. That's the truth. He'd yeah, already, because I think women, wanna, women, women yeah. may want to hear, okay, well, what is this guy talking about us what is he saying about us i can probably guarantee you that there was a shift in Derek jackson's content when men heard that he was gaslighting y'all and talking about y'all and i'm sure some of you guys were like well what is he saying about us oh this is trash you know what i'm saying so i just you know i just think it's sad that what's sad what's sad is that as a society we are taking cues from subpar people <laughs> That is just, so you're, that is you're, just sad. Your, your dig on Kevin Samuels is more a personal dig of him being a subpar person. That's your dig. I don't, maybe the thing is, I don't understand what his- The appeal? What his purpose is. Because if it's, I feel like at this point, because he's gotten so much traction, it's almost like, I know that if I embarrass someone, I'm gonna get more hits. 
And maybe but maybe you, the style you, of what he's have, doing you, has been what it's always you, been. Can I tell you, as somebody who actually watches his content, yeah, you saying that is telling me that you don't watch his content. He is not going out of his way to just tear people down. That's not his I own. know that that's his style. The, the, the sensationalized version of his content is what you see on like a Twitter where you only have two minutes. The rest, he does a full 18 minutes with most people that come on. And if the two minutes of it you feel like are salacious or the cut down versions of it are salacious, it is what it is. I'm not saying that he doesn't say things that are problematic. I'm not saying that his delivery is acceptable depending on what type of company you keep. What I'm saying to you is the message that he's normally trying to get to is that you should be able to, you need to be able to readjust and reevaluate where you stand within this society as a whole and stop tearing down the people who probably are most closely linked to who you are going to end up being with. Because by and large, what he's trying to do is get women and men to rejigger their expectations. Do you think the way he's going about it is actually going to give him those results? Because it has been. It ha let, me, let me explain why on that as well. It has been. There's been more conversation in the past, I want to say five to six months, about terms like high value men, about modern it, relationships and all this stuff because of his black ass. I, I totally agree with you. I agree and with you because high value, I didn't hear about until he said it. If he does not ignite those conversations to get people to rejigger and rethink about the way that they're having these conversations and their expectations, I don't think anything changes. I will say this much. I've had female friends that I know that have watched his channel and completely changed the way that they thought about dating because of the things that the man has said. And I can't stress it would... Me Perfect. They can write a testimonial under his page. But me saying it didn't mean anything. Him saying it and them seeing enough women sound like them was the reality check. Totally understand. I think the problem that I have, and it's not like, oh, it's Kevin Samuel, so I hate him. The problem that I have in general is the same problem that I have with Derek Jackson. Like I said before, if I watch any type of relationship content on uh, YouTube, there has to be a balance for me. There mm -hmm. has to be some sort of balance. Anyone who is talking strictly to one gender, yeah. there's no balance. There's no nuance. There's no um, understanding that, hey, a woman can do all these things, but if the man is not doing X, Y, Z, it's still not gonna be successful. You know what I'm saying? Because we're not in relationships with ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're in relationships with each other. So the content that I'm attracted to is how do we, interact and sustain with each other. When the finger is pointed on one gender, I get turned off. So, so to your point, I haven't seen just the highlights of Kevin Samuels. I've probably seen a few of his videos full length, yeah. but it just gets a lot for me when I'm like, women, 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 you're a five, you're a four, well, da, 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 da. And I'm just like, is this all we have to think about right now? Because there's a lot more to relationships than being a five and a four. There's a lot well, more to relationships he, than someone yeah, making six figures. But, the, the, but here's the thing. The conversations he's having is specifically about high value men. If you- Yeah, a, uh, that's not, that's not for me. I, I just want to get this out. When he talks to women, and I'm, I'm no different, when I talk to women as well, the things that I'm, I'm seeing on, are on his show is the same thing I've heard the majority of women I know say, 
It's not complicated. They want a guy who makes more money than them, a guy that takes care of everything for them. They say it in different ways, but they definitely have said things like, yeah, he needs to be making a six-figure salary. He needs to be making more money than me. And he's like, great. All that sounds good and dandy. And I love that your starting point is the guy needs to have all these things. But what do you have? And what he's doing there is letting them know those small percentages of guys that they're looking for, which is a very small percent of men, have agency. They have thoughts and the things that they want, he's like, dude, you're not that. So now what? I'm telling you, you're most likely not that. So now what? What else? Do you, are you okay with dating somebody that's not on that level? Like, and a lot of times women are like, no, nope, nope. I that's, my, honestly, that's my prince and like, he's like, all right, cool. And honestly, that's that's super problematic too because a, a lot of the women that he talked to that he talks to mm-hmm. don't live in cities where six figures is a norm or he says even that all the time. He brings up data whenever he's talking. Where do you live, people. Atlanta? It's so cheap to live in Atlanta. Like, really, you don't have to make six figures in order to sustain. But, but again, going back to the initial point that we were talking about before, think about the social media gaze of things. Like. I want my guy to be able to buy me a Birkin. Sweetie. Here we go. <laughs> Get into it. So like, and we'll make the transition in that, but imagine you seeing somebody like a Sweetie that's like, hey, he's got to afford this. And you're like, you're in Atlanta, you're a younger woman, you're on social, you're doing all the dating platform stuff and you run into one athlete. Let's say you go on a date with one athlete. And I'm saying this because I have multiple people that I know that live in Atlanta that have had this experience in real life that are women. Did you they all run into the same athlete? No, but you, you <laughs> one athlete. Okay. You go on a date with one athlete. You have one sexual relationship with one athlete and that guy stops talking to you after a month. But now your expectations are rejiggered, right? You now think this is the lifestyle that you should be having moving forward. And then what happens to you? Like, because now every guy you date, you're comparing to the person that didn't want you. He only wanted one thing out of you. And that's already a flat out bad thing. And then you see something like a Saweetie and a Quavo, and I'm not shitting on their relationship by any stretch of the imagination. You see something like that and you see what she's saying. She's like, girl, I want to expect the same thing. Saweetie's talking about, I need Birkin bags. Like you got to give me a Birkin bag. Meanwhile, at the ranch, you have no idea what's happening in their, quote, goals relationship. You have no idea. Yet you want that. Do you know what comes with that? No different than Kevin Sam was talking to those guys that are like, I want to date an IG model. And he's like, do you know what comes with that? Can you handle that? You're not there. You know, you know, what's interesting is that when I think of this type of topic of that my man needs to buy me a Birkin so I know it's real or like <laughs> any guy that's like I want to date an IG model I'm like what are we in high school like it's just it's so juvenile to me because he has made that relevant though huh social media has made those kinds of thoughts relevant so social media has made it such that that is not only a reality to those people but if they've even sniffed it a little or had a little taste of it Hence the, I dated the one athlete and now this is my expectation. Like you get even a, a like a, 
slight taste of that, you're like, all right, this is it for me. And it's just I, not reality. Well, you know, I know I said earlier that age doesn't mean that you have a level of um, emotional intelligence, but I kind of feel like in this situation, if you're 35 and up, you really worried about a Birkin like that? Like, honestly, ask me about a Birkin. I think they're the ugliest bags in the world. Now I get it. They're an investment piece. They're a statement piece. They they uh, accumulate, you know, yeah. if, they, if you appraise the bag 10 years down the line, it's worth more than it was when you yes. bought it. Yes. I get that aspect. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I knew that 10 years ago. Black people are just now catching up to the idea of what a Birkin is. And it's, it's like, okay, I get it. Now y'all all want a Birkin. But I feel like if you are 35 and up, if that's your main point of knowing if the person is good for you, that the fact that they can buy you a $20,000 bag, your priorities are all kinds of mixed up. And then that's a whole different conversation to me. Now, what you were saying about relationship goals is real because if you look at Saweetie and Quavo's relationship, I have to admit, prior to them breaking up, I was like, they seem pretty solid. Seem pretty solid. I did not think that there was any sort of trouble in paradise. It didn't cross my mind. That's not me assuming they had the perfect relationship, but that was me noticing that in an industry where relationships are hard to sustain and come by, they made it pretty far for their age bracket of what, three years? They, they, they pretty much, that was almost like a marriage for someone who's a rapper and who's 27. It's like- I think we need to, I think we need to undo all that though. That's another undo all what? People need to take a, a, a red pill, if you will, on that. Like the idea of relationship goals. Oh yeah, I'm not saying they are goals. I was just saying that on the surface, I, I, I would never look at them and be like, oh, I want a relationship like them. Right. I'm just saying that on the surface level, what we saw from them was positive. And so when you see positivity in a relationship where there doesn't seem to be any scandal, videos of them just showing affection and loving each other, red carpet images, the quality time they spend with each other, knowing each other's families and, you know, not e even taking away the gifts aspect of it, because I feel like as a celebrity, it's easy to gift your celebrity boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Y'all both got it. If I if, if someone gives me a Birkin and I'm sweetie, I could buy my own Birkin, but it's like, what does it really mean? You know what I'm saying? So even taking away the gifts aspect out of the relationship, from what we saw, it seemed to be a solid relationship. Now, just like Jay-Z and Beyonce, everything's solid until there's elevator footage, right? <laughs> I mean, that seems to be like, the right. determining factor of, right. oh, this re relationship right. is actually shit because look at this footage, you know what I'm saying? So what do you think about what happened in the footage? Um, I think it's already sensationalized to a point where if you don't know all the details, it's almost weird to like have a conversation, which gets right back into the, like the red pill part of this. Like, I know how that's being viewed. Like if you watch how the shade room showed the video they cut off the intro of it where Saweetie takes a swing at him twice. Like they cut that out. Like that's- Do you think they did that purposely though? Like we don't really know that. I don't know. I can't I tell what their intentions are. Yeah. But they cut it off. That's a big deal. Um, and I think, I, I think if you, 
if you really want to have this conversation about the outrage on the difference between domestic violence with men versus women, again, this gets into another red pill topic where the red pill community very clearly is like, there needs to be more of a, a men's rights movement when it comes down to like how domestic violence is treated and talked about amongst everybody. Because yeah. when domestic violence happens towards men, it's basically swept, swept under the rug. Yeah, I agree with that. Not charged in the same way, et cetera. Um, and in this instance, I'm like, if you just looked at the video for what it is, because we don't have all the context. We don't have no context. She would be just as culpable for assault as he would because she tried to swing on him twice. Now, he ends up grabbing whatever. I don't know what's in that. I don't know what's in the crate or whatever it is he has. The crate. I don't bag. think it was Call of Duty, like everybody was saying. I really... I don't, I don't know what it is. But when he goes to grab that, they have a scuffle and then she falls. And people are like, he threw her. Now, oh wait, that's that's a stretch. Come on, like the video. No, but that's that's the narrative right now. It, the narrative is he threw her and then she got up and limped away. And he's a terrible <laughs> person now. That's how people are viewing it. I don't know. All I know is I had this conversation with a couple of my friends via text. And I think I might even chatted you about this. If this was Chris Brown and Rihanna almost a decade plus ago, and there's footage of Rihanna hitting or trying to hit Chris Brown. The narrative around Chris Brown changes by a mile. I mean, it just does. And the reality of their situation is they had multiple domestic disputes, whereas they actually harmed one another prior to the major incident. With the major incident and how bruised and brutally beaten she was at the end of that showed everybody how tumultuous things actually were. I'm not saying these two things are connected in the sense that there's like clear domestic abuse that was happening like that was. But what I'm saying is narratives and how people perceive things change if there is video footage of something that's that in your face. And if she had connected, and by she, I mean Saweetie, had she connected with Quavo's face, I don't know. Connected with Quavo's face is a nice way of saying punching his lights out. I don't, I don't know how any of us has a conversation here and acts like that's not, quote, straight up domestic violence towards him. Mm -hmm. It's the problem is we don't talk about it that way, though. It's like, oh, he's a man. He should move past it. I'm like, should he? Should he? Oh, people are saying that? Wow. It's a weird thing we do there. Again, I'm not saying the instances uh, for men domestically abusing women is the same for women domestically abusing men. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't want there to be any false equivalency there. But what I don't like is the idea that if a woman does do something to the man, we don't keep the same energy. We just need to be able to keep the same energy because nobody should be putting their hands on each other. What do you mean by keep the same energy? We should be holding that woman just as accountable as we would hold a man. Oh, okay. I took it. I thought you said something else. I was about to be like, what? No, <laughs> we, should be holding, we should be holding people accountable the same way, whether it's woman or man. It's just weird. I agree with you. We're like, we're like ah, nah, you know, she's a woman. It happens. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, I think if you look under in the comment section of both of their pages, you have people that are for and against both of them. Like, I feel like it's pretty much 50-50 with the way that people are looking at this video. Um, the audio would help a lot. Hello, somebody released that. Um, but 
<laughs> but I, I, like you said, I think it's hard to say what actually happened. Now, a lot of people are saying Saweetie was at fault because she hit him first. That's not a good thing to say either. Because honestly, we only see that she hit him first. But we don't know what happened before that. Because if you look at the video, and me and my friends were dissecting, me and my friend, we were dissecting it over the phone. When you look at the video, there was already some sort of altercation because her shoes were in the hallway. So when the video began, her shoes were already off her feet, which is why she was fighting in socks, could have slipped when she was trying to go after him and fell. And that's the thing. But we don't know what happened before that. So for us to even say like, well, she swung on him first. So we need to talk about how there's uh, a lack of conversation about women hitting men. We don't even know what led to that swing because obviously they were tussling before she even did that. Well, here's the difference between what you're saying versus what I'm saying. I'm saying as much as I can take from the video, you see her swing on him first. I can't, yes. I can't do anything aside from like take from what I've seen from the video. And I've already said in the very beginning of my statement, because we don't have more video evidence, I don't know where else to go with that. Agreed, agreed. I, I do think what's an interesting factor is that, and I don't know if there was conversation and we just couldn't see him form sentences with his lips from our view. Yeah. What I think is interesting, an interesting part of the video is her getting off the elevator. It's almost like, oh, he was nice enough to wait for her. But then there's this feeling of, he just kind of looked at her. And, and I, I understand when you're so mad at somebody that your pride and ego gets in the way of you treating them in a kind way, especially after what went down or what we saw go down between them. Yeah. But something about the way he just looked at her as it seemed like she was hurt, whatever the case was, there was a lack of um, compassion. And I get it. Some people are going to be like, well, she swung on him. What kind of compassion should he have had towards her? But it's the idea that the person that that you love, supposedly, that you've been in this relationship with for two years, they said that this happened a year ago and they've been together for, I think, three years, is down for the count or is having trouble and you're just looking at them like, get up. And so I just thought that that was an interesting part of the video. I'm not saying it means one thing or another. I just think that out of all the things that happened, everyone wants to focus on who swung on who or how she fell. I'm focusing on the end because I, I that was a little bit perplexing for me. I don't know. I'm not focusing on any of that stuff. The only thing that I care about is one, we don't have all the video evidence and two, they're not together. So unless one of them wants to talk about it or both of them wants to talk about it. Oh, they both addressed I it. I just don't like the, uh, I don't like the relationship goal stuff. And oh hell no! A start, a starting point for that was me, Lynch. Left, but do left. you feel like people in our age bracket are looking to these celebrities as goals? Like, honestly, are you serious? I see people post Barack and Michelle all the time, be like relationship goals that are our age. I've seen people before the Jada and Will shit; they were definitely posting both of them doing the same exact thing. 
I've seen this for the past, I want to say three, four years, there's always been at least one couple that people have like tried to like prop up. And I'm like, dude, how about no? Aisha and Steph. I, I just, how about you just figure out what works for you? <laughs> how about you figure out your own relationship? Make that a goal. <laughs> Um, but I do want to, I want to, I want to close on this and I want to get your final take on this. So we've talked about red pill community. We've talked about Derek Jackson. We've talked about, uh, Kevin Samuels, and we've even talked a little bit about, uh, Quavo and Sweetie. Um, in closing, I want to get your summation of what you feel about any one of those things and get your, uh, last thoughts. I just think that it, it's important that you know, I feel like we go through so much in life and in relationships that sometimes we look to outside sources to fulfill the, the void, to fulfill information that we don't feel like we have, to fulfill um, things that we don't know. And like, honestly, at the end of the, the day, we have to take everything with a grain of salt, every single thing. The videos that we watch, the, the people that we follow on Instagram, I don't know how much people act, actively realize how much that subconsciously plays into what we think about what a relationship should be, how we should carry ourselves, um, and, and how our partners should be acting towards us. And I think that when it comes to relationships, it is so, it's not black and white every situation is so different that no one is gonna be able to tell you exactly how to handle your situation because they're not in it, you know? And so relationship goals, I, I've been over that for the longest time. I mean, like all it takes is to see one bad thing in someone's relationship to say, oh, they're not goals. Right. But I've written about this before. The goal isn't to have a perfect relationship because Every relationship is gonna go through hurdles, every single one. Mm -hmm. But this idea of having a perfect relationship or a seemingly perfect relationship is detrimental to what you know an actual relationship to be. Because now when you apply that to your own relationship, if it doesn't seem perfect, or if it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't have any issues, it's gonna make you feel like you fell short. And the reality of the matter is every relationship has issues at some point or another. It's just natural. And so I think that people need to understand what relationships actually are and stop looking to the Derek Jacksons, the, the Kevin Samuels, the, the, the relationship goals, because feeding into all that stuff is not going to help you see something for what it actually is, which is that we are humans, we make mistakes, there's traumas involved, there's healing that needs to be involved, and there is no black or white cookie cutter solution to anything. So that's why I got to say about that. Um, my takeaway is one, when it comes down to expectations, we cannot allow social media, we cannot allow the media in general to dictate what our expectations are for any um, We also cannot necessarily rely on our parents if they weren't in a healthy relationship. Woo! That's a whole nother topic. 
<laughs> when it comes <laughs> to like uh, the way that we should date, there is not going to be a textbook way that works because every person is different. However, you need to find within that what your partner needs to make things sustainable and what you need to make things sustainable on the other side. And if you guys don't communicate and you guys don't have an alignment, it's just not going to work in general. Um, I think on the other side of that, I think to the point of the red pill community in general, I, I wish it didn't have to exist. I wish there was more platforms where men talked about their feelings and expressed these things on television and people actively went out and watched it. I also wish you didn't necessarily get canceled because the way that you shape the conversation doesn't fit the narrative that the people in the media feel like it should because this day and age, there's a different way to talk about something. Frankly, if more conversations are had out in the open, people would be able to adjust and adapt based on that as well, because you don't want to create an alt-right version of what expectations should be um, just to combat the way left version of something. Um, and, I, and I do feel like to one of the points that you had made when we were at the, at the, the apex of talking about this around it feeling like the red pill community is a bunch of men complaining about things, blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of this comes down to men, like I was saying, not having these platforms and these spaces that that's already actively happening. You see this all the time with women. You have the talk, the real, the everything and in between. And every single YouTube channel is set up the same exact way to have women talking about these things amongst each other. You see men talk about it for even a few minutes and you're like, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? And so when, the, when these things take place, men need to be comfortable and we need to shift the paradigm on what was taught to us a long time ago. And it's not just about the quote, red pill of it and unearthing the fact that women aren't the way that we expect them to be. No, it's unthinking about how we express ourselves and our feelings because women need to also understand men not only have agency, but men also have feelings so that if you don't call him back, he probably feels away. If you don't show up on the date, he probably feels away about it. Just be as accountable as you would want that guy to be on the other end of it. And if the guy ghosted you before and you said, oh, well, I don't appreciate men ghosting me, yet you've ghosted five other guys, don't be a hypocrite then. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't be that person. Um, and then I guess on a final note to kind of put a bow around all of this, to the, the Derek Jacksons of the world, you just, you, you don't need to placate to people that hard at the end of the day. There's no need to do that. You could still be you and not force it. Uh, to Kevin Samuels, uh, keep having the conversation you're having. It's going to irritate and rub people the wrong way, but keep having the conversations you're having. Well, there's an audience of people that accept you for that. And there's an audience of people that won't. The delivery is going to throw a whole bunch of people off and that's fine and dandy as well, but keep having the conversation. If people don't want to watch it, they won't watch it. You won't be successful, but I think the man is probably going to end up having a goddamn TV show one day. Um, and then on the final note, the Quavo and Sweetie stuff. Until we get more video evidence, I don't feel one way or the other about any of that. Um, I just wish none of this stuff happened on social media. And can I just can I just say one thing? Because you know, I always got I always think about something when, while you're talking. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say that I think uh, you know, men you you men do have agency, right? You don't as much as you don't have the platforms like the real or like other TV shows to look to, what you guys do have is each other. You guys have friends 
You guys are friends. You have brotherhoods, you have bonds. And I think that it would do you a lot of justice if men actually kept it real with each other about what they were going through. If men created safe spaces for, for each other, for them and their friends, where they can actually discuss what they're going through. Because you know women do it all the time, and I, I think that men aren't really taught to do these things, mm -hmm. but I think that on the flip side, you can, can, you can take control over that and you can create that safe space with you and your brothers. And if you have friends that you can't do that with, I don't know, maybe you don't have good friends like you thought you did. Yeah, y'all could play. Um, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto at all hours of the night and y'all can go clubbing, but can you talk to your guy friends? And if you can't, you know, maybe you, you need to find a group of men that can support you and your feelings and your values. And because men are going to understand each other a lot better than, than women understanding men. And sometimes men need to hear from each other about what they're going through so that they don't feel like they're alone and where they are. And so I, I feel like it's, it's very important for men to have these groups that they cultivate with each other, honestly. Um, I just wish broadcast television caught up to that. I wish uh, the Joe Rogan plat platform didn't have to exist the way it does in Spotify world, but uh, essentially Joe Rogan is a part of the manosphere. He's a part of, quote, the red pill community. He is a $100 million man because there was a need for that. Mm -hmm. And there yeah. always will be. Anyway. Good night. Thanks for listening. We are on YouTube now. We're on Spotify. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, SoundCloud. What else? Uh, iTunes, Google Play, Good Night Harlem. This is where it's at. Stay tuned for the next episode. Deuces.